Welcome to Ideas for Practice, a podcast of the Region 5 Public Health Training Center. As one of the 10 public health training centers across the country, the RVPHTC aims to strengthen the skills of the current and future public health workforce in order to improve population health outcomes. We hope this podcast will share insights and spark ideas among those working in public health practice. Thank you for tuning into our episode. Today, we'll be talking all about public health ethics committees. I'm your host, Donnie Zemmel. In this episode on public health ethics, we'll be hearing from Dr. Jeffrey Burns and Dr. Carla Black to gain insight into the critical role an ethicist can play at a local public health department. Carla is the deputy health officer in Kent County, Michigan, and Jeffrey is an assistant professor of philosophy at Grand Valley State University. Welcome to our podcast. So to get started, I'd like to hear a little bit from each of you about yourself and your work. So let's start with Jeffrey first. Hi, Donnie. Thanks for having us. Uh, Well, my name is Jeffrey, and I come to you uh, from Grand Valley State University, where I'm a uh, associate professor, assistant professor of philosophy in the philosophy department. Uh, I am an academic uh, by training. I went and did my graduate work in philosophy and ethics, uh, and then I came to Michigan uh, to work in a university. Uh, but during my time here, I've seen many opportunities to apply some of those uh, academic skills to some very practical human endeavors. And one of the first that I encountered is the way in which ethics can support healthcare systems. And I've done some of that in the clinical setting, local hospital uh, environments, and provided some clinical ethics uh, advising. Uh, But the way that that has really emerged during the pandemic is seeing the need of uh, ethics support at the public health level. And so that's how uh, I came here today and that's how I met Carla. Really interesting. Thanks for sharing about yourself. Uh, How about you, Carla? Hi, Donnie. Thanks for having us. Um, So I'm Carla Black, and I am one of the Deputy Administrative Health Officers at the Kent County Health Department in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, My background's a little bit different than most. I actually um, come from the world of academia as well. I have a PhD in molecular virology. I used to work on yellow fever a long time ago, but really got my feet wet in public health back in the days of H1N1. Um, I, after I finished my degree at Purdue, I actually worked for the state of Illinois in um, their Department of Public Health before coming to Michigan to be a public health practitioner. And um, most of my background in terms of public health has been emergency preparedness, so I'm sure we'll hit on that a little bit later in, in this podcast. And um, But as the Deputy Health Officer here in Kent County, now my role is um, looking at the science and systems and, and programs of uh, public health here in Kent County. Thanks, Carla. And again, really glad to have both of you here and speak with you about ethics and public health today. Um, Carla, like you mentioned, you have a lot of experience in emergency preparedness. And from what I understand, during most of the the pandemic, you've served as an emergency preparedness coordinator. Can you tell us about that role and how you came to look for an ethicist? Absolutely. So prior to the pandemic, um, as the emergency preparedness coordinator here in Kent County, I mean, our role really is to plan for and train for and then respond to disasters. I mean, so we're always continuously working with partners and trying to help people get prepared for disasters. And that includes our staff. And of course, we had plans and policies in place on how we were going to respond to a pandemic. But 
course, each and every time there's a lot of different nuances to um, the pandemic or whatever we're responding to at the time. And so for the COVID-19 pandemic, we did a lot of different things at the health department. And that included working with folks who are experiencing homelessness and trying to find a place for them to safely isolate so that they, they had a place to recover. Um, but also we worked with testing. But one of the biggest challenges that we knew that was going to be coming our way was how to sort out how to manage the incoming vaccine. So, you know, remember back in October, November of October of 2020, we knew that there was a vaccine coming and we had a plan for how we were going to roll that out. But there was such different nuances with that vaccine, such as storage and handling and knowing that it was going to be a two-dose series that we knew that we were going to have a lot of differences with from our plans. And we also knew it was going to be very scarce coming in. Um, we didn't know exactly how many doses we were getting and exactly who was going to be getting them straight at the gate. And so really finding an ethicist for us was really a, 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 an idea for us to kind of have a good sounding board of how are we going to get this out into the community in a way that is fair and equitable. I mean, Kent County is a very diverse county um, on the east side, uh, the west side of Michigan. And so we want to make sure that we were going to have a plan so that we could answer to our community of how we were doing this because really not only locally were we going to be getting attention but you know national and global attention was going to be paid to how local health departments were going to be distributing this very scarce resource to their communities and so we really wanted somebody to help us think through all the ways that that we could do this fairly and equitably and that's how we found jeff <laughs> uh, we, we, we partnered with uh, Grand Valley State University. Um, I had a previous relationship with um, the MPH program there and said, hey, do you know somebody that, that could help us out with this? And, and fortuitously, Jeff had just reached out to that same exact person within days of me doing that. And so it was, wow. it was just meant to be. Yeah. I think it's really important that you mentioned the, the need to kind of be accountable to those that are looking on, you know, whether it's locally, regionally, nationally, globally. Um, and I think the, the, the state that you were in, uh, that Kent County Health Department was in, was not unique to just that health department. I think local and state agencies across the country were having these same ethical questions. So um, I think it's very fortunate that Kent County Health Department was able to get in touch with Jeffrey and um, be able to connect to kind of put your heads together and, and really think through some of these challenging questions. So um, that now brings us to the next question, Jeffrey. What did your work during the COVID-19 pandemic look like prior to working with Kent, Kent County Public Health? Uh, thanks a lot, Tony. Um, well, you know, you remember that suddenly when lockdown came on all of us very quickly and the schools and universities shut down, Grand Valley State University, like many other universities, very quickly overnight went online and that uh, we were still teaching our classes and still doing things. But I think like many of my university colleagues in many different places, but particularly those of us at, at local public institutions felt a real burden to try and find uses for the skills that we have. Mm -hmm. Now, as Carla said, uh, the public health department had an existing relationship with the public health academic department of our university. But, but I think the connection to some of the humanities, like myself and philosophy, 
you know, as you are someone who studies philosophy growing up or is in a philosophy department, it's a standard joke about what are you going to do with that? <laughs> and the common perception is there is no immediate use for that. And I think at a, at a kind of uh, uh, community-wide crisis moment, it was very clear to some of us that our skills were in, in great need. So uh, as soon as the university um, went online and I was teaching my classes online, I began to work with Spectrum Health, a local hospital system, to help identify some ethical principles and policies for the allocation of scarce care resources. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic, after we saw what happened in the north of Italy, one of the things everyone was worried about were ventilators. and How would we mm. allocate ventilators uh, if they became scarce? Then when certain drugs looked like they had therapeutic promise, how were we going to allocate those Drugs. So that scarcity question really started with care questions. Now these are que these questions have been hypotheticals in ethical literature for generations. If they just haven't come to the fore, and all of a sudden those hypotheticals uh, came to the fore. So that's how I spent much of the pandemic lockdown. And as Carla said, as as news of the vaccine, the thing we were all on our edge listening for started to trickle out and we knew that we had a vaccine that looked promising and then the question was always going to be about production and access and when you have that many people wanting something and uh, coming out in slow waves then the question of how are we going to allocate the, that scarce resource we knew with some anticipation ahead of time there were going to be ethical challenges which is kind of why it set carla out looking for support and set me looking uh, out <laughs> to try and see if we could help and then we kind of bumped into each other it was quite uh, quite fortuitous um and so when I, when carla and i finally did connect very quickly and unfortunately carla and i get along very well we we, we speak a kind of similar language uh so we sort of with some of her colleagues formed an ad hoc ethics committee. Uh, I rallied some of my colleagues here at the university to try and work on some broad uh, writing about that. And we collaborated together to try and set out some guidelines. I think once that relationship clearly, once Carl and I clicked and see that we saw that we could work together on this and that there was a fruitful collaboration, I think that really helped. And then as we set up a, a vaccine clinic locally, you know, which, which collaborated with a lot of uh, a lot of local institutions, I think I could play a broader role of helping to talk across some of those uh, institutions. You know, was at, if you, everyone remembers now, that was an all hands on deck time and everybody was trying to, to contribute and provide something. So I was able to provide some outside perspective and support and bring those uh, very valuable human uh, oriented ethical resources that had been kept cultivated by a public university in a philosophy department here for years, and then they just came in demand all at once. It seems like all the pieces of the puzzle fit together perfectly at the right time. So Jeffrey, this next question is also for you. How would you define ethics and what role does ethics play in public health practice? Another great question. Um, because ethics is a word that's often used, but not always understood, um, people make a, a series of bad associations with ethics. I think it's worth just trying to clarify some of those. People often associate the term ethics with, like, with, with law, and they associate what is ethical and what is the right thing to do ethically with immediately with what is legal. Um, but ethics is much broader and much deeper than what is covered in law. The laws really represent what the people who, who help us govern our society 
have taken the time and effort and come to an agreement that's worth codifying. They've tried to write out some of the ethical principles that maybe we agree upon more than others and set those into law. But if you think about it like that, you can only set so many things into law in agreement mm -hmm. and in clarity. So, so what our ethical commitments are and responsibilities are, are much broader than what's covered in law and they run much deeper. And, and if we simply think about, about how what our ethical commitments are to our friends and families, um, we often feel those ethical weights of those things on us all the time, even though no one demands that we, for example, tell our friends the truth all the time. We can feel the weight that there is a sort of ethical responsibility there. And then people also think about ethics as something squishy, uh, a subject just grounded in people's opinion because they sort of maybe start with an assumption that everybody has different ethics from the start. Um, but I don't think that's quite right either. Uh, I think it's the case that often we in communities share many uh, uh, ethical principles to begin with. And so we can start with a kind of dialogue. Doesn't mean we're gonna agree about everything and that's the thorny part. But to, I think it's probably a mistake to assume that we start on radically different planets to begin with. Um, so, so then what is ethics? Ethics is one of the main branches of philosophy that's existed um, in, as part of that subject since ancient times. Uh, it focuses on questions about justice and the good life. Uh, and in its most practical, it aims to help us make good decisions in difficult situations. So then we could then take that broad field of ethics and break it up into sub-departments, sub-domains. Uh, we might think of uh, topics like journalistic ethics, research ethics, um, but we are focused here on public health ethics and that's a fascinating topic in and of itself. Um, and it can be hard to talk about ethics, I've found, with people who work in public health. Um, and that's not because it's far from public health, it's actually because public health is so close to ethics. Concerns about what is right and what is the right choice for the community, questions about justice are so central to the work of public health um, that uh, many people who work in the field, they, they can't even see it. They can't, they, they're so surrounded by it and so emergent, they can't, they can't see it. So part of the task of ethics in public health is to call it out to call out something that motivates the very choices that many people make to get to philosophy to begin with. Um, but I find that can be a bit like trying to explain water to a fish, just takes a little bit of time. But in short, public health ethics uh, is a matter of determining the core commitments of public health and weighing those out, those core commitments, uh, and to how that'll play out in the community and thinking about how we can explain that process to the community as we go, because being able to be transparent with the community is one of the central commitments. Thanks for that explanation, Jeff. And I really like that um, visual that you gave towards the end there. It's a bit like trying to explain water to a fish. And you know, now thinking back to things that I've learned in my classes and things that I've learned through my time as a public health practitioner, ethics really is intertwined to the work that we do and whether or not we're identifying the ethics and its connections to our work or calling it that, it doesn't mean it's not there. We're just maybe not as cognizant of it as we should be. So thanks for that explanation. Um, so one more question for you, Jeffrey. So you've already shared a little bit with us about um, your work in the COVID-19 response, but how else might a public health department encounter ethical problems. Could you give us a little information about that? Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, the, the situation in public health had really come to my attention just, just a little bit before COVID even, because a very intrepid uh, uh, undergraduate student, um, Mallory Wojtarzowski, brought to my attention that, that there were new and emerging 
regulations about ethics and ethics committees regarding the accreditation of public health departments. And so that was something that was kind of on my radar. And I started to explore it. And as you just said, um, ethic, ethical questions uh, in public health departments are, are not rare. They're, they're common. They're frequent. Many of them have clear answers, so they don't need a, a specific ethics committee to reflect upon them. But there are a lot of challenging cases uh, that, that could use a dedicated group in the health department to really devote some time and reflection to those ethical questions. Questions about uh, you know, infectious disease like COVID is a really clear one, but there are others. Uh, an MRTB case uh, locally could, could cause a real question if a, if a patient was identified uh, in, in your county to have MRTB, a very infectious and dangerous disease, then how much effort is the county justified in using to try and uh, identify that patient to encourage that patient to seek treatment is can the should the county encourage the patient to lock themselves down? How much incentive can they provide to to be in contact? These are kind of common ethical questions, but also just ethical questions about how the county makes very basic uh, healthcare decisions on a day to day level. Not all of them are dramatic and and sort of high profile like COVID or other infectious disease cases. Some of just the very common day to day questions about justice and access and how resources are distributed from everything like dietary information or uh, ongoing healthcare issues. These can be, uh, can be, can render situations that really need a special time, a special moment, and, and a, you know, a dedicated group of people within the health department to pull aside and to come together and take the time to reflect about what their ethical commitments are. So I think, um, you know, an ethics committee can really provide that regular time and space, develop some training for those people to establish good habits and keep in good shape for when those thorny questions come up. Really helpful information. Um, as a follow-up, I'm going to ask the next question to Carla. What benefits did you experience having an ethicist and, and working with an ethicist? So uh, for all those public health practitioners listening out there, you know, especially as we were starting to get into that September, October, November timeline of 2020, we were already really worn out at that point. I mean, we had been through so much and just continuous pivoting all the time. And so for us, I think one of the main benefits was just having that outside perspective, somebody that wasn't like down in the trenches and just like keeping their head down and, and just working, working, working on COVID. We have somebody that was able to like take that step back and say, hey, everyone, settle down for a minute. Let's think about what this looks like. <laughs> I mean, because we, we were all just working so hard and, and sometimes you just need that person to, to pull you back and say, hold on here, let's think about this. And there was just so many competing interests going on um, across the entire nation, mm -hmm. different narratives and different priorities. And, and, you know, every group had their own priority. And so just really, again, taking that time to say, hold on here, how do we work through this? And how do we work through a way that we can justify what we're doing? Um, and making sure it's just, and how can we communicate that? Because really a big part of this is the transparency of it all. Because we always wanted to be able to say, this is how we did it. And we were telling you that this is how we did it. So we didn't want anyone to think that we were making any decisions in the background that, that we weren't you know, thinking through or anything like that. So it was really transparency was a huge part of this. And so 
um, kind of going back to what Jeffrey said about, you know, explaining water to a fish. I mean, we live in this, this area all the time. So all of us were like, you know, we know something's not right here. We need to think through these things. And so, you know, you have the water around you, but you're just not really sure exactly what the water is. And so we all have like this feeling deep in our gut of like, okay, we know we need to ask these some sort of questions. And we were trying to, you know, formulate what they look like, but we needed Jeffrey to kind of frame those questions for us because we all had that feeling like, okay, we know we need to think through these things, but exactly what are we asking? And Jeff was able to just walk in and say, this is what you're thinking about. You're thinking about justice. You're thinking about transparency. You're thinking about equity. And so he was fantastic at helping us really frame the question in a way that we could be able to move forward and answer it. That information is really helpful, Carla. And for our listeners who aren't seeing us as we're recording this, we're all like nodding our heads as we're going through this episode here, because I think a lot of the points that um, both of our guests on our episode today are making are really resonating with each of us. So um, just wanted to to note that there as well. Um, So moving on to our next question for both Jeffrey and Carla, how might others integrate ethics into public health practice? And we'll start with Carla. So Jeffrey teased this a little bit earlier, but one of the big things that kind of started us on our ethics pathway prior to COVID actually was Public Health Accreditation Board. So Kent County Health Department was accredited originally back in 2014, and we actually went through reaccreditation during the pandemic. We had submitted our, our documentation right before the pandemic started, and we actually had our our review during the pandemic. And so part of FAB requires that you have an ethics policy and shows that that you've used it. And so we did have one, but really it it just didn't fit what we needed it to do. And so really COVID showed us that, hey, while you had a policy, maybe it actually isn't that operational. And so um, going back to FAB now, as we, we move forward on our FAB journey, we're, we're starting to look at how do we rewrite that policy and forming our ethics committee, and how do we then make that a part of the fabric of our health department? And so we're looking at putting together training for uh, and onboarding of new staff, making sure that there's a common language and knowledge across our department so that when you know we say ethics and public health ethics within our department, everyone has some sort of base level knowledge of what that is, you know, because again, you're having to explain water to a fish because we all know what it is and we want to make sure that there's, there's that common knowledge. And as we move forward on FAB too, that, that is also ingrained into our staff. That's fantastic. I mean, I think, I think that language point is really, is really important. Uh, of course, one of the main things that we're after, that we're committed to in ethics, is seeking justice and seeking the well-being of the community that the health department serves. But of course, we're also concerned about the public health employees. And as Carla said, what, where ethics often starts is a sort of not great feeling when we face a hard decision. And so one of the real services that I think an ethics committee, a sort of ongoing ethics education can provide is to really give the language that can help untie that knot in the pit of your stomach a little bit and start start to express it, give it some words, allow those words to be a common language among people that work in the health department. And I think there's a real way to move forward rather than just holding on to our unease or, or, 
or maybe even sometimes what can happen when the, when things escalate is that we just raise our voices because we we know there's something wrong but we can't quite say so trying to give that common language does a lot and the other piece to that would be formalizing an ethics committee um you know when you're meeting an accreditation requirement it's really tempting to kind of just just tick off a box and and get it on paper and tell somebody afterwards by the way we put your name down you're in the ethics you're in the ethics committee from now on. I think really uh, taking that seriously, setting aside some time once a month or once a quarter, uh, just to to meet and go through some resources. There, are, unfortunately, there are not a ton of great resources, but there are some. Uh, NACHO and others have some good, uh, like sort of starter kits for ethics committees, and some resources and some materials to go through. Often case discussion, uh, and really just trying to give root to ethical principles and what we mean by principles there are not are not sort of loaded ethical uh, uh, commitments but establishing what are the core things that we as a group are committed to and those are not hard to come up with uh, equity for our populations achieving justice serving as many people as we can and doing as much good as we can those are kind of the base level commitments that i think everybody who shows up at the public health department are committed to and so if we can start with that shared commitment as bedrock then when we are you know have different uh, uh, sort of intuitions about how we should act in a particular case, we can go back to that shared principle and see if we can work closer to a kind of res uh, uh, agreed upon result. Well, dialogue and patience with each other goes a long way, but I think having the time, having some training materials and, and starting with those principles is really the best way uh, um, that, to get started. And then of course, I think having an uh, ethicist or having somebody who spent some time with some some professional training uh, to that can go a long way in helping to change the tone and how people engage with ethics and how they come to these situations. Sometimes even just having an outsider can help uh, uh, change the dynamic of a group. I just want to reflect briefly on a couple things that really stood out to me as you both were speaking. So, you know, recognizing the importance of having a shared language. I think that's something that's that's really key for our practitioners to be um, taking away from, from our conversation today, making sure that we have the tools and the resources to drive this work forward and really to operationalize um, integrating public health, integrating ethics into public health practices, not just to put it on a document to check off a box, but to really have a sense of what needs to be done to drive the work forward. So um, thank you both for, for sharing sharing those points with us. So as we're wrapping up for today, um, would each of you mind sharing something that has been helping you get through the pandemic? It can be something that provides comfort or inspiration, anything that's been helping you get through the past two plus years of, of COVID-19. I guess I can start on that. Um, one of the things that really has helped me throughout the pandemic is kind of giving grace. Um, I know all of us in public health are trying our absolute best to deal with a situation that by far is not ideal. And so really just trying to make sure that we give grace to each other and, and to our community members because we're all in a stressed out situation. And so I think just remembering that everyone's trying to come from a place of good is, is really helpful. Um, but also, you know, all of us have to look out for our mental health. 
And so certainly one of the things that I had to do was, was reach out to a therapist because we, we need to take care of our mental health because we can't take care of our, our communities if we can't take care of ourselves. But of course, too, you know, a new puppy really helps. And I, I did I did take the plunge <laughs> and get a new puppy during COVID-19. So uh, all those things have, have really helped me. Those all sound like excellent ways to really try to take care of yourself and um, get through the, the times that we're living in. Yeah, I, um, I, I was able to fend off the puppy urge, uh, but only barely. Uh, but, but I think um, I was able to, I think the pandemic taught me a lot about how many people in my community were striving for the well-being of that community. And I think I drew a lot of inspiration from that, just seeing how many people, and uh, even if there are things that in retrospect we might have liked to, done, to do differently, I think seeing all those resources, the public health department in particular, but many other players who were sort of on deck and ready to give uh, their skills and their resources, I thought draw, drew really inspiration from that. And I think beyond that, um, boy, the importance to realize that we have to be able to get up and move around, that, that to get outside and to try and take walks and to break up the kind of routine of being inside and on our own to the greatest of our ability. Uh, and if you can't get outside and go for a walk, just finding some way to change your scenery and change your frame of mind for some portion of the day, I think that turned out to be really key. And that, that self-care, like Carla uh, gestured to, I think is a really important piece that many people took away from that talk. Yeah, and going back to inspiration, um, I think one of the biggest inspiring things to me was our staff. Um, everyone in public health just dug down deep and became these absolute superheroes. I mean, just coming up with things that we never thought we were going to have to do and making them happen quickly. I mean, it, it was amazing to see our staff just go from zero to 60 and making amazing things happen. I mean, whether it be setting up an isolation center for people experiencing homelessness or setting up one of the largest high throughput clinics in the nation, it, it, it's just honestly inspiring to see what our staff have been able to do. Thank you both for sharing. And thank you both so much for taking the time to speak with me today and to share from your experiences and also to provide so much valuable information on the topic of ethics and public health. To our listeners, we encourage you to check out our evaluation and transcript in the podcast notes. Funding for this podcast is provided by the Health Resources and Services Administration. And with that, we will end here for today. Stay safe and stay curious, everyone. <laughs>